you give God praise today, amen, for his amazing grace. Hallelujah. Thank God for the words of such an inspiring and true song. That it's only, Brother Michael, by the grace of God, his faithfulness unto us, his children, that we have made it. Can I just give a big shout out to all the mothers today? Praise the Lord on the grounds, all the mothers on the grounds, all those viewing today by way of social media. I do want to take just a, one moment to make this little announcement, and that is that uh, we, we will not be available on our FM dial this morning. Uh, actually, uh, 89.1, which you would normally receive. Um, but next Sunday, as God permits, we will be back in live services. We thought it only fitting today. Um, that we implement this type of format in our worship all because we understand how important a day that Mother's Day is. And let me say, amen, welcome to all our special guests today who have joined your mothers in this service. Can we show them some Harvest Church love today? Amen. We've gone through the lengths to make uh, refreshments available to you. I know the Lord has blessed us with an awesome day um, that we are outside in this beautiful, beautiful atmosphere and weather. But we did uh, take the liberty to get some refreshments so uh, that you wouldn't get dehydrated in the course of these services. And man, I'm ready today to preach the word of the Lord to you. I stood here last year on May 10th on this same parcel of property and talked about my angel mother. I'm so blessed that I have many mothers in my life. Amen. And there are many mothers who are present on the grounds here today. I talked a little bit last year at this time about blended families. I talked about those special roles that those mothers play in those families. I believe today we call them bonus moms and bonus dads. and uh, The siblings are called bonus children. I want you to know that if your life is hid with Jesus Christ, amen, that you are Amen, living the greatest bonus that anyone could live, and that is eternal life. So I want to glean from the word of the Lord today one verse recorded in Proverbs chapter number 31, verse number 28. I want us to glean together from God's word today and prayerfully the Holy Spirit. Amen, will navigate us through the remainder of this morning's services. It is only fitting that in the process of time, God spoke to the hearts of individuals. And they put those collective thoughts together. And as early as the 1600s, Mother's Day, or as the United Kingdom would reference it, Mothering Day, it came into existence. It's gone through a lot of changes since that time. But it can be traced back even further than the 1600s. It can be traced all the way back to the scriptures. Amen. Many folks choose not to celebrate this great day because they label it as a pagan holiday. They say that it's something that derived from the world and their worship of the mother of all gods. But Paul clarifies that for us in Romans chapter 14. Paul makes it clear that whatever we observe, we do it with a clear conscience. So I thank the Lord that it Moved the hearts of many individuals years ago. And that Mother's Day, as we now know it, came into existence. The Bible itself, it neither commands or condemns us 
in the dedicating of a special day that honors our mothers. That's found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. And also repeated in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 2 when the scripture says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? It means that the Lord himself has already promised to bless children who honor their parents through their obedience. And I want to use today Proverbs 31, 28 as our text. And the word of the Lord reads in our presence. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. God, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that through time, it has been a source of comfort and counsel to many of us who are assembled on these grounds. Now, Lord, would you allow the Holy Spirit today to use us in a manner, Lord, that would benefit your people through the proclaiming of your precious word. Help us as we move through this service that our every step would be under the direction of the Holy Spirit's leading. Bless worship services that are taking place all over the world right now. Bless clergymen and women as they stand behind those sacred desks to proclaim the truths of your word to their respective congregations. Lord, if there's any person lost in our presence today, we pray that your word would find its way to their heart and that they may acknowledge you, Jesus Christ, as the Savior and Lord of their life. In your name we pray. God's people said amen and amen. I want to use a thought today following his design for motherhood. Following his or God's design for motherhood. Brother Jerry, many folks would say that a mother is the female of the family. Some would describe a mother as those who have been able to bear and raise children. But I believe it goes much deeper than that because there are individuals who have never given birth to children but are great mothers. So we thank God today for placing in our lives a great mother. And I want to just share with you in this service a few points that I believe will help us as we greater understand God's purpose in Proverbs chapter 31. They reveal to us the characteristics of a Christian mother. When I use the word characteristics, I'm speaking of the features and the qualities that belong to a person serving to identify them as individuals. Being a mother is a very important role that the Lord himself chooses to give many women. And in God's word, there is much encouragement that revolves around an individual in said role. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4, the word of the Lord states that they may admonish the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. There's a Greek word that is used within the context of this scripture. It's philotechnos, and it refers to mothers loving their children. The idea that flows out of that word is that of caring for our children, nurturing them, and affectionately embracing them, meeting their needs as a unique gift 
from the very hands of God. The whole of Proverbs 31 is dedicated to making known the qualities of a virtuous woman. Many may ask, what is the definition of the word virtuous? Webster's defines virtuous as having or showing high moral standards. Is that something that our society could be blessed from today? Is that of mothers who have both high moral standards, who have integrity? Could our society not be blessed today with women who embrace these qualities? Scriptures reveal several things that are commanded of us as Christian mothers in the Word of God. The Bible itself tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6 and 7. It tells us that mothers need to be available. Amen. So pin down if you're taking notes the word availability. What does that mean? It means that we need to be accessible morning, noon, and night. Amen, somebody. That we are not pawning our children off in front of a television set with a video game, but that we are available around the clock. Somebody say amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 tells us of a mother's involvement, interacting, discussing, thinking, and processing things with her children. This command not only involves the mothers, but it also includes the fathers, as Paul is writing to the world's first megachurch. The Bible goes on to tell us in Proverbs 22 and 6 that she is a woman of great training, and the Word of God states, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Oh, what does that involve? It involves helping a child develop skills and discover his or her strengths. This is something in my research that I found very interesting. I pray that it resonates in your spirit today that the word train up itself derives, Sister Dana, from a Hebrew word uh, that describes the palate or the roof of a baby's mouth. Do you know that even the Hebrew midwives in that age and time would put something sweet on the tip of their finger and rub it on the roof of a baby's mouth? What would that do? It would train up their nursing instincts. Oh my God, and today it behooves us as parents to use such incentives to stimulate and to train, oh glory to God, our children toward godliness. What does this do? It creates within our children a hunger for righteousness and for right living. Oh, my, isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. That as far back as the ancient Hebrew times, this practice was put into place that these Hebrew midwives would train the nursing instincts of their children. It's helping us today as godly fathers and mothers to realize the role and its significance that we play in the nurturing, the training and admonition of our children. Oh, praise God. David in his writing references both the statutes and judgments of God. When we talk about something sweet, he, he references the, the commands of God. And he says in Psalm 19 and 10, More to be desired than they are of gold, yea, than much fine gold. David said they are sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. God's word, saints of God, ought to be the centerpiece of our lives. Our brother Jacobs, we need to reference the 
the word of God. We need to be able not only in a time of crisis, we need to be able not when our family's on a deathbed, but we need to be able in every circumstance of life to resort to the word of God that would give them encouragement, that would give them inspiration to tackle what life is throwing at them head on. This is what proper training does. My God, somebody, not running, not running to someone who doesn't have a vested interest in you as an individual, not running uh, to the first diagnosis uh, that a medical professional is able to give you, but running to the pages uh, of God's everlasting word wherein we find comfort and strength to battle all of life's adversity. Amen. Oh, my, 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 no wonder David said in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, my God, Brother Timmy told me that he had memorized five Bible verses in the last week. I said, glory to God. Isn't that awesome? Amen. On top of that, I'm talking about a young man who is a recent convert who said to me, Oh, I'm in private conversation that I'm going to share publicly today. He said, I've been fasting. Amen. And I said to him, that's great because fasting honors God. And the more that we press into God, the more that God pours into us. Isn't that awesome coming from a new convert? He's memorizing Bible verses. He's fasting and honoring God for things that he wants to see in his life. And today he has his sister with him in church. And he said, now I need to get my brother. Well, I'll tell you, that's what fasting and that's what prayer. Amen. That's what memorizing Bible verses. That's what it'll do. It'll move the heart of God. And God will propel those individuals whom we love right into his loving arms. What an awesome Savior we serve today. Oh, my, my, my. Pastor, can you tell me any more characteristics of a Christian mother? Yes, the characteristic of discipline. Oh, did you have to go there? Oh, my, if we're going to leave out discipline, oh, we might as well close the book. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. The word correction in the context of Proverbs 22 and 15. What is that, Pastor? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. I want to squash somebody's mindset today that thinks you can use psychology on these little babies and that you don't have to discipline. All you have to do is talk to them. I want to assure you that if we spare that rod we are going contrary to the word of God. The Bible says amen. You don't have to train them to do it. It's innate. It comes natural to them. Foolishness and mischief it's, it comes natural to an infant. But the Bible tells us that we have to exercise discipline amen and use the rod of correction. I won't get two amens there. I won't get too many amens on that. But the truth of the matter is the word correction in this context, it includes teaching children to distinguish between what's right and what is wrong. It also involves what we call punishment. Oh my we never understood till we had children when our mother said, when disciplining us, John, I'm only doing this because I love you. We didn't understand the depth of that until God blessed us through time to have children of our own. And then we grew to understand oh, what mama meant. Am I getting through to anybody? Is anybody tracking with me on today? No matter how much we love our children, at times they are going to need discipline. 
Discipline. But always remember that discipline finds its origin in the word love. For the Bible says, Sister Kim, who God loves, he also chastens. Is anybody listening? Hallelujah. So what is that, Pastor? Can you help me? What does that mean? Here's what it means, friend. It means if we don't discipline our children, we don't love them. This is true. This is the Bible. Paul in his writing said, And despise not the chastening of the Lord. For whom God loves, he also chastens. Can I see the hand of everybody today who knows the love of God? Do we know the love of God? If we know the love of God, then we know the discipline of God. Because at times, as humans, as frail individuals, we are all full of mistakes. Amen. It was also the word of God who said that all we like sheep have gone astray. But thank the Lord in His love, the shepherd, Jesus Christ the Lord, He came looking for you and I. Oh, my somebody. Hallelujah. They sang a song, He came looking for me. Thank God today that the Lord came looking for me. I tell people this all the time. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've been through in life, Brother Fuquay. It doesn't matter if you've been up one side and down the other. It doesn't matter if you've participated in every kind of evil, wickedness, and sin known to man. I still came by to tell you today that God still loves you. And He sits high, amen, and He looks low, and He's ready to reconcile you, bring you back into the harmony you once enjoyed in relationship with Him. What are you trying to tell me, preacher? I just know this from all my heart, amen. God doesn't take pleasure. Amen. In the death of anyone. And he certainly delights in the life of his own children. So what are you saying to us, Pastor? Oh, we ought to come to God in our infancy. We ought to come to the Lord while we're young, where we can be of great service and of use to the kingdom of God. Amen. Sadly to say, discipline involves punishment. Oh, yeah. I used to think my mama didn't love any more of her children because I was getting all her love. Amen. Some of y'all waving at me, praise the Lord. You fully understand. What we, what we grow to learn is that ultimately a woman is the work in progress. That a woman is the masterpiece of God's hand. That a woman is saved by the grace of God through faith to become more and more like Jesus Christ. Oh, praise the Lord. What wonderful Traits and characteristics that should be possessed in a godly mother. As we read the whole of Proverbs chapter 31, we mothers want to follow the example penned in the pages of God's Word. An example is a guide, a model, or a pattern. Isn't it wonderful that we don't have to look to the world to find what God wants us to be? Isn't it just awesome that all we have to do is look to the pages of the living God to discover what God requires of us as individuals and what the Lord strongly desires that we would evolve into? Isn't it powerful that God loved us so much that he left for us a great example, a pattern, a model in his word? 
We don't have to look to the world. We don't have to look to twisted sources. We don't have to look to, amen, far-fetched mindsets, but we can look directly into the Word of God and we can find, amen. God's not concerned about what a talk show host thinks you ought to be as a godly mother because he's already penned it in the pages of his Word. We find this example in Proverbs 31. What we discover in Proverbs 31 is that whole chapter is packed with Word pictures of Universal truths. Metaphors. Metaphors are those figures of speech in which a word or a phrase is applied to an object or an action to which it is not literally applicable. What is one of the most famous metaphors in all of the entirety of the scriptures? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, doesn't that just paint a word picture for us? And that's what the writer's doing in Proverbs chapter 31. King Lemuel is recounting the advice of his mother that she had given to him at an earlier age. And throughout this chapter, he is uh, writing a detailed metaphor of feminine wisdom in the context of both the family and of the community. We find in literary form that Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, amen, it is written in chiastic poetry form. You say, Pastor, you lost me. What in the world? What in the world is chiatic, chiastic poetry? It's, it's poetry where uh, it, it cycles through repeated thoughts in a particular order. So we see this in Proverbs 31. And we find the godly example that the writer pins for our observance. He says that a godly mother, the woman that God has chosen to use as an example, is one who is a blessing to her husband. How many men today can raise your hand with me and say that my wife is a blessing? Amen. My wife is a blessing to her husband. The Word of God makes it clear that she partners with her husband, that she is always looking out for his best interest. Well, what does that mean? That means she's looking for something more than a paycheck at the end of the week. Amen, saints of God. Hallelujah. You can't pay a mother for the things she does. You know, there's just no way that we could in any way, shape, or form compensate a mother for what she does. There's no way. Only heaven will hold her eternal reward. A second thing that the writer reveals to us is that she is not afraid of work. Praise the Lord. And I can promise you that most American families, the women are bivocational. What what do you mean? She got two jobs? Well, absolutely. Not only does she work maybe uh, in a place of secular employment, But how many know that around the house, the work's never done? Amen, somebody. Y'all ladies, y'all missed a good place to chime in. Around the house, there's always work to be done. Praise the Lord. It's like that popular saying my dad told me as a young man, there's always something to do on the farm. Always. Praise the Lord. So this woman isn't afraid of work. She rises up early. And you know what else? She gets things done. She doesn't engross herself in the daily episodes of as the world turns, the young and the restless search for tomorrow. Oh, glory to God, somebody. 
But she's an industrialist woman. Y'all are like, oh, Pastor, come on now. You don't have to bash them soap operas. I watch them every, I watch them every There's nothing wrong if you watch them. But let me help you with something. Amen to God. You're not living the godly example that the word of the Lord encourages us to if we are engrossing ourselves around that nonsense when we could be doing things. Amen to God. That promote the health and livelihood and well-being of our family. I'm going to preach this whether you say amen or oh me. I couldn't tell you what happens on any of those shows. Oh, my. Praise the Lord, somebody. This woman rises early and gets the job done. Another quality is that she is given the grace to help others. Grace to help others. Isn't that wonderful? That the Proverbs 31 woman ensures that others receive what they need in the way of food and clothing. Amen. And the necessities of life. Oh my. Oh this Proverbs 31 woman she is so internalized. Amen. She has so internalized her role as a provider that extends extends past her immediate responsibilities and throughout the community. My God isn't it a blessing to have a Proverbs 31 woman in your life today. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The Bible tells us that in itself, her activity not only is a blessing, but it contains an element of both joy and of gladness. Now, how many of us don't know when people done something for us out of the goodness of their heart or had to do it because they felt like they had to to please somebody else? Now, how many of us don't know the difference in that? Oh, my. There is a difference. There is a difference. We used to say these phrases. We used to say it's not the gift but the thought behind it that counts. Nowadays, they want to know how much money you spent. Nowadays, they want to know, did you pick it out or somebody? I mean, who, who, who thought about the card? Who thought? I thought it was the gift. I, I thought it was the thought behind it that counted. I lost some of you right there. Come on, somebody. I lost some of you. Somebody said, go ahead, preacher. Praise the Lord. Oh, my somebody. Thank God for a Proverbs 31 woman. Thank God for that woman that possesses the qualities that the Bible has penned and outlined for our observance. It serves as a guide, as a model, as a pattern for us today. Fellas, if you don't have a wife, oh, my, 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 that personifies these qualities, we need to seek God for such a wife in our life. Oh, my, not only does that quality, uh, praise the Lord, in itself possess joy and gladness, how many of us know today that helping other people is always a blessing? Hello, somebody. I, I don't see many hands going up across, oh, my God, this acreage today, but how many know to be able to bless somebody else is always a blessing? Yeah, didn't the Bible say it's, 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 we're more blessed if we're able to give than to receive? Somebody ought to shout praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, isn't that a blessing today? That the riches of God's blessings flow in our life and we're able to extend ourselves to bless others. Helping others is a blessing. So the Word of God helps us to see that these specific examples penned in the pages of God's Word, they provide us with a metaphor for the larger truth. Amen? They not only paint word pictures for us, but they become reality when we see those qualities existing in the lives of individuals that we know and that we love. What an awesome God that we serve. And I want to leave you with my last point today. 
And that is don't embrace the mindset of your society. For heaven's sake, don't, em don't embrace the diva mentality. Some of you think the word diva, you think it's a word that uh, people should be proud of to have attached to their name. We call certain celebrities, we call certain individuals, if you would, in the music industry, we call them divas, oftentimes not understanding where the word diva arrived from. Are you with me? So I want us today to do everything we can to avoid the diva mentality. What does the word avoid mean? It means to keep away from. It means to keep your distance from. Anybody listening? where the word diva derives from a Latin word that defines her as a goddess. And they are nothing more than high-maintenance narcissists. And I preach this, somebody. Oh, my, you say, Pastor, what in, the world, what, what, what in the world does that mean? Always got to be seen. Always got to be heard. Oh, my, always feeling like the person of preeminence. They, the, the truth of the matter is that they possess low self-esteem and they are constantly, through whatever means possible, attempting to pump themselves up. So don't embrace that mindset. They're often the very root of conflict, the root of gossip, and even the root of church splits that exist in our world on today. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure I understand what you said. Or you mean to tell me in your life you haven't seen individuals get upset with the way things go in church? And Oh, my, I think you're kidding yourself if you say that you haven't been familiarized with that behavior because if we've lived any amount of time on this planet, we've certainly experienced that. Folk get upset about the color of the carpet. They get upset, praise the Lord, that a certain individual was appointed to a position, and they weren't. That's a diva. A woman that will possess that kind of attitude and mindset, oh, my, 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 I don't have to label her. She's already labeled herself. If it don't sit right with her, praise the Lord, she's going to leave. She's going to leave. But let me help you with something. I want you to know that, Je that Jesus himself told Peter, amen, upon the gates of hell, I'll build my church, amen, and the very gates of hell, they won't prevail against it. What, a, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell us that nobody in times past, nobody that exists in the world today, and nobody Nobody that will exist in the future are going to be able to disrupt the plans of God that revolve around his church. That's just the truth. Get mad and leave and get even madder when the pastor don't chase them down. Are y'all with me, somebody? Some of y'all like, Pastor, you ain't going to get too many hearts on Facebook on this one. You ain't going to get too many likes on Facebook on this one. I may not, but it is a startling reality. We don't need to ever embrace the mindset of a diva. Divas possess one common denominator. What is the common denominator of all divas? They have an elevated opinion of themselves. They have an elevated opinion of themselves. Amen. If they haven't said it out loud, they've said it under their breath. And that is that the church won't operate like it does without me. Come on, somebody. It happens. 
I guarantee you it won't be as beautiful. I guarantee you the decor, it won't be as lavish and lush without me. I guarantee you all those meals that are prepared, it won't be the same. It won't taste the same without me. I came by just to let everybody know today, amen, God don't need any person who has a lofty or elevated opinion of themselves. Amen, that, that comes to pride. And the Bible tells us that God hates pride. Amen, he even hates a proud look. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of God. You say, Pastor, how long has this existed? It was happening in the early church. Are you serious? According to 3 John chapter 1 and verse 9, the writer John writes to us concerning a lady by the name of Diotrephes who loves to have the preeminence or the superiority among them and she does not receive us. Oh my. You mean to tell me these kinds of things were existing in the first century church? Absolutely. Absolutely. Paul warns us in Romans chapter 12 verse 3 of the dangers of possessing such a mindset. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to every one of us a measure of faith. We must see ourselves, saints of God, as God sees us. And we must consider Christ's humble servitude. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Everybody wants to be a minister. Everybody wants to be at the forefront of ministry. Everybody wants to be that individual that everyone else looks up to. Do we even understand that the word ministry means to serve or minister means to serve? It means to serve. It doesn't mean that we get all wrapped up in a position of preeminence where we feel superior to everyone else who is serving with us in the body of Christ. It simply means, praise the Lord, that we ought to not think highly of ourselves. Don't think highly of yourself, but consider yourself as a servant. Much the same manner as Jesus Christ, our Lord, did. Jesus was not preoccupied with how much publicity that he got. Jesus didn't have to walk into a setting of his disciples and or those who associated with him he didn't have to walk in that environment and have the red carpet rolled out for him. Are you listening, saints of God? And any person that develops the mindset that everything else ought to be put on hold but what they desire or what they want, that is not honoring God. That's not honoring God. That's selfish. That's conceited. That's headed in the direction of pride very quickly. So please ask God to help us that we would never embrace such a mindset. We thank the Lord for our mothers today. And we thank God for the godly example that they have set for us here at Harvest Church. We thank God for all those ladies who have sown into our lives. I thank God I got mothers scattered all over Robinson County. 
I thank God for all those individuals that in times of crisis that God has spoke to their heart to pray for me and they without hesitation, without much inquiry said, Lord, I'm just going to pray because you prompted me to. Is anybody glad to have a woman like that in your life? Is anybody glad to have people like that in your life? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Where's Brother Robbie Dial? I'm going to call upon him here in just a few short moments. Amen. I see him lurking behind me. As a matter of fact, and they've taken the time this week uh, to set aside special gifts for all our mothers, and we want to thank God for touching the heart of these men to do so. And We need to do everything that's within our power to do to be those mothers and to be those women that are outlined in the pages of God's Word. Now listen, we said earlier in this service that we didn't have to look to secular sources. We don't have to look to outside resources to, to find what God wants us to be as a Christian mother or a godly mother. Thank the Lord. It's written right there in the pages of God's Word. Pick up the Bible. And read what God says. Read the requirements. Read the standard that God has established in His Word. And then seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit that will empower us and enable us to possess those godly traits and their characteristics outlined in the pages of God's Word. In a popular saying of this younger generation, won't God do it? Come on, won't God do it? How many mothers on the ground listening to my voice today want to leave godly heritages to their children? Come on, let me see the hands of the mothers. How many of you that in the process of time that God calls you to life eternal, how many of you want to leave a legacy, a rich heritage for your children? How many this day want your children to look at you and to say that I know without a recognizable doubt that my mother is a woman of God? How many would like that today on this, on this parcel of ground? You know the only way that's going to happen? The only way that's going to happen is that we submit ourselves to the Lord. Holy unto God not partially but with the whole of our being and when this takes place God will meet and fulfill our every desire we love you we thank God today for you and in closing let me say all too often in this thing called life we get lost in the details we get bound up with everything that's going on in our lives we get so overwhelmed we don't know whether we're coming or going you mean to tell me life can come at you like that absolutely coupled with what we're facing in our world right now life is challenging but I wonder how many glad today you got a savior you can turn to come on can I see the hand how many how many are grateful today 
that we can just turn our eyes on Jesus. You know what Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and 7? He said, cast all your cares on the Lord. For the Lord cares for you. Now what a comfort is that today to us as the people of God. Brother Robbie, to know that with everything that we've got on us, with life throwing us curveball after curveball, what a blessing today to know, Brother Greg, that we can cast all our care on the Lord and that the Lord, He cares for us. He loves us with an unconditional love. He's not sitting idly by ready to pass judgment, but He loves us with an unconditional love. And all He wants for us is to just throw our cares on Him. Further research, Brother Tommy tells us that that's not a once and done thing. That's not a, that's not a one and done. But Peter helps us know that throughout this thing called life, we can continually just throw our cares on Jesus. And he's ready to offer us that relief. There may be someone on these grounds today who have yet to trust Jesus Christ for salvation. He does not occupy the throne of your life and heart. You'll be honest with God and say, today I'm lost without Christ. But you are the one He came to save. You're those individuals who Jesus willingly gave His life for. And you don't have to leave here today in that condition. So if there's any person here who would get out of a vehicle where you are right now, and come where I am. We'll pray with you. Because I know the Lord. He has shown you His great love. And I know that throughout your life, you see the fingerprint of God in everything you do. Would Harvest Church help me pray today? Moments after this, Brother Dial is coming. We're going to recognize our mothers. Let us pray. Sovereign Lord, we are so grateful for this time that you've allowed us to share together. We thank you that in the pages of your word, you have left us the greatest example of a godly mother. You've left us the example of Christian motherhood. For that today, Lord, we are thankful. It moves our heart to know that we don't have to look to other sources. But that in your great love for us, in your faithfulness to us as your children, you have given us in the pages of your word the greatest of examples. Now, God, as your presence has ministered to individuals scattered across this parking lot today, those viewing by way of social media, many God going through Lord, the struggle and hardship of life. Many whose mothers have departed into life eternal. It is our sincere prayer, Lord God, that you would heal their wounds. God, that you would fill up every crevice, every hole that exists in their heart with your love. We trust you. You're our Father. We're your children. Grant unto us today, Lord, those things our hearts desire. 
And Lord, we will tell others of how great things the Lord our God has done. Bless this day and all that it holds. Bless the activity, Lord, that will take place after we leave this parcel of ground and retreat to our homes and various places. Keep us safe from harm and danger. Lord, we promise to glorify you in all things. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, we pray. God's church shouted amen and amen. Welcome Brother Robbie Dial as he comes, will you?